see in the middle of the graphic, we see the word purpose. And we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10 first, if you want to go ahead and turn there. But we start with purpose. And then from purpose, we're going to go straight up on the star to fulfillment. And then we're going to go clockwise around. Now, the reason that we're going to do this, and you're going to see this in this message today, is that you can't get from one to another. You can't jump around here. God has a plan that starts you in a place and then takes you to where you need to go. But you can't, you can't skip a step. You remember last week us talking about how that first has to be first. And if you hit a, if you hit the baseball and you run to second, but you don't tag first base, guess what? If they recognize it and they appeal it, they will throw you out at first base and you will be called out. So what I'm trying to say to you today is, is that these are steps that you have to take in order. But once you take those steps in order, you will find yourself right back in the middle of this star that says purpose. And you will discover what your purpose is. So will you hang with me for a little bit today? And let's start with purpose. Now, Father, I come to you this morning and I'm convinced that you're doing a work in us through your word uh, that that is really life-changing. And I thank you. Really, it's not about me. I'm the one speaking and I'm the one uh, telling the story. But it's the revelation that you provided us in the word of God. And Lord, I I tell you, for the church to survive, and not only survive, but thrive in the last days, it's going to come through people getting a fresh revelation of the Word of God. We can't move on emotion, and we can't move with religious activity. We have to move and breathe and think and and move out of us a revelation of God. So, So Lord, today will you help me to be able to communicate effectively? And I know you will because you've called me to communicate. It's my purpose in life. It's my calling in life. And you said that you would give me everything that I need to be able to accomplish the task that you put before me. So, Lord, I thank you in advance that your word is going to go forth today. And it shall accomplish everything that you send it forth to do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. All right, let's start in the middle here of the start. We've been talking since the first of the year about this idea that God has given each of us a purpose. Now, your purpose may look different than our purpose. Let's get honest about this. In a large sense, we all have the same purpose. And that is to get saved, follow Christ, ultimately lead people to Christ, and then one day uh, go to heaven and, and to leave this earth and to go into eternity where we will forever spend eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. Every one of us have that purpose. But then God gives us specific purposes that are specific to our lives. What he's called you to do is very different than what he's called me to do. And so we must be we must be about trying to find what it is that God has called us specifically to do. I also want to say to you that this is not just about preachers and Sunday school teachers and nursery workers and choir singers because Every day of our lives, if we're walking and talking and living and breathing in the Spirit, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we are fulfilling the the purpose that God has for us. 
You may be raising your child in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. You may be, you may be impacting a community in your workplace. But whatever it is that God's called you to do, he will empower you to do it and he will hold you responsible for it. So Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8, 9, and 10 says, and we read this last week, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, we were created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now remember, God sees the end from the beginning. He knew when you would be conceived. And he knew that at that very moment of conception that your purpose would begin to build in you and begin to be revealed in you. He created you for a purpose. He knew the end from the beginning. And your life consists of walking out the purpose that God has brought you to and brought you into this world for. And so now what we have to discover then is his destiny for our lives. And sometimes we try to find that in human ways. Sometimes we try to walk out in the flesh what we really have to get to in the spirit. Now, I, I, that sounds negative, but it's not negative. Because here's the point. I know people in this life that don't do anything for the Lord because they don't know what they're called to do. And so because they don't know what they're called to do, they just sit at home and wait. And they say, if God ever speaks to me clearly, then I'll be willing to do whatever he asks me to do. But in the meantime, I'm just going to wait on Jesus. Listen, the word of God is full of things that God has already told you to do. If you go out and minister to a widow, let me tell you, you don't have to pray about that and ask about that. God's already said, take care of the widows. If you go out and minister to a child that is in need, that you don't have to pray about it and ask somebody. You just go out and do it in Jesus' name. You give someone a cup of water in his name, and he is going to bless you for it. He will. He will. We've got a sock box out there in the foyer, and we're collecting socks for the homeless. Hey, if I, if I have to be out in weather like this, I think I need some socks on my feet. And so we're collecting socks. I brought mine this morning and put them out there. And we're not going to leave them in the box. But when church is over, we're going to give those socks to the people who need them so that their feet can be warm. And it will be warm hearts to cold feet. Amen. But we're going to bless them. You say, well, I don't know. Am I called to that? Well, why wouldn't you be called to put some warm socks on some cold feet? So what I'm telling you is, is that sometimes on this journey to find purpose, you just have to step out in faith and start doing what the word of God has already declared for you to do. And somewhere in that journey, it will click with you that this is the thing that God has purposed me for. So it starts with purpose. And then when we move from purpose, we start searching for fulfillment. Fulfillment. Now, how many of you know that God has created us to seek for those things that bring fulfillment? There's nothing wrong with a godly desire to be fulfilled. There's nothing wrong with a godly desire to, ha- to want food. 
There's nothing wrong with a godly desire to want to have a healthy body. There's nothing wrong with godly desire that leads us to be fulfilled in him. Because listen, if it's not fulfilling, now I I didn't say comfortable. I didn't say that it will feel good. I didn't say that it will be easy. But when you are walking in your calling and in your destiny, you will be fulfilled. Hey, listen, I've pastored churches where I I thought I was going to literally starve to death. But I lived for it because I knew it was what God had called me to do. I couldn't do anything else. I read an article yesterday that simply said this. If I can talk you out of the ministry, you were never called in the first place. But if you are called, ain't nobody going to stop you from fulfilling what God has called you to do. Because it is in that role and when you are functioning in your call that you will find fulfillment for your life. John chapter 10 verses 9 and 10 says, I am the door. Boy, I, I could preach all day right there. I am the door. The door is what you walk through to get from where you were to where you're going to be. He says, I am the door, and if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Now, I want you to mark that word abundantly in your Bible. Underline it and make a mark by it whatever, because we don't understand what this word really means. Because when we start thinking about, well, God has called me to live abundantly, in America, we start thinking about things. We start thinking about stuff. We start thinking about cars and houses and land and gold and all that kind of stuff. In America, we have churches that are just built around this idea of how much can I prosper? And I have the answer for you today. You will prosper according to the destiny that God has called you to. Everybody got all up in arms about Creflo Dollar wanting that, this, uh, this uh, airplane so that he could fly around the world. People ask me about it and I say, I don't care if he has an airplane. If God has called him to fly around the world and preach the gospel and he needs an airplane, then God will give him an airplane. Why should I stay awake at night worrying about it? I couldn't care less if he had 10 airplanes. If God has called him, you say, well, aren't you a little jealous? No, I don't need an airplane. I can walk to work. It's not that big of a deal. I don't need what Creflo has. But what I'm saying is, is that God will prosper you based on the destiny that he has called you to. And once you walk in your destiny, listen, you won't care about whether or not you have a gold-plated tooth or if you have all the gold uh, in Southern California like Kenny Loggins used to say or Kenny Rogers used to sing about. You won't care about that kind of stuff because walking out the will of God for your life and the destiny that he has called you to will be more than enough to bring fulfillment to your life. That word abundantly does not speak about things. It's not talking about things. It's talking about a spiritual attitude. It's talking about getting up and maybe not having anything at all, but saying, thank God I am richly blessed. 
Thank God that you have blessed me in this way. I'm experiencing the fullness of God's fulfillment in my life. But listen, if you're outside of the will of God, and if you're running from His call upon your life, whatever it may be, or if you're just saying, I don't know, I'm not sure that I'm equipped, you will never find fulfillment in anything else other than being involved in your call upon your life. Fulfillment. Once we find that fulfillment, we may not be rich, we may not have a lot of money, we may not have five airplanes, but once we experience that fulfillment, then we will be happy to know that we are walking in the direction that God has for us. And that's the next thing on the list. We go from fulfillment clockwise to direction. I have to have direction for my life. Look at what the scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 26. It says, Paul speaking here, he says, So I do not run aimlessly, and I do not box as one beating the air. Now what he's talking about here is he's saying, I don't waste my time running in a direction that is not going to bring the will of God to pass in my life. I'm not going to waste my time with it. I'm not going to waste my time doing things that God has not called me to do. Now, this is going to sound a little rough, and I don't mean it this way, but I said two weeks ago that when the pastor does what the people should be doing, everyone suffers. Can I say that again? When the pastor does what the people should be doing, everyone suffers. Because I'm doing something that God didn't call me to do or ask me to do. And you're not doing what God may have called you to do. And therefore, no one is fulfilled and everyone is frustrated. So we have to find direction for the body of Christ and how we fit into that. And Paul says, listen, I don't waste my time running aimlessly. When, when you see me running, you better know that I've got a purpose in mind. When you see me moving, you better know that I'm not just moving by accident. I'm not moving without purpose. I am moving toward the goal that God has given me to achieve in my life for his glory. So if you see pastor moving around here, you better know it's about more than just getting a chocolate chip cookie. I'm trying to accomplish something that God has called me to do. And I'm not going to stop. I've learned that I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to waste my time in other endeavors. I'm not going to spend my life fulfilling something outside of the call for my life. I am going to serve the purpose that he has given me to serve. And I'm going to do it from this day forward and forevermore. And every breath that I breathe is going to be breathed for the glory of God and the calling that he's placed upon my life. Direction. How many of you know that in your, your phone, I don't have mine with me, I got it here too. If you've got an Android or if you have a, an iOS, you have an app in there called Maps. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Maps. It's a way for you to put in where you currently are. In fact, you don't even have to put in where you are. It already knows where you are. And when you open the app, it'll come up on the map and say, this is where you are. Now, where do you want to go? You can push the buttons all day long. 
And it will never tell you where to go until you enter your destination. But when you put in your destination, you know what happens? The app will speak to you and say, I'm calculating your route. And most of the time, at least my app, will come up and it will give me three options to get from where I am to where I need to be. But the end result is, is that I will always get where I need to be if I put in the end destination. Do you know what's wrong with so many churches today? And you know what's wrong with so many people in the churches today? They don't have a clue where they're going. They don't have a clue what God expects. Did you know that the research says that we live in a time in history where people are more ignorant of the word of God than at any other time in history? Now, don't leave today and say, Pastor called me stupid and I'm mad and I'm never going back again. I, Pastor did not say that. Ignorant simply means that you have a lack of knowledge. It just means that there's something that you can know that you don't know. And I don't pin that on the people as much as I pin it on the pastors. Because we're the ones declaring the revelation of God. And if we're not declaring the revelation of God, and we're spending all of our time in the pulpit talking about church growth, God didn't ask me to talk about church growth. God said, I'll build the church. You build the people. And if you build the people that I send to you, then the church will be built. I don't have to spend all my time talking about that if we'll do this program and, and walk out this plan. And if we'll do this kind of thing, then the church can grow. Listen, I'm telling you that my only call in life is to declare the word of the living God in such a way that it will get into your spirit and change and transform your life life and get you where God needs you to be. And if I can do that, and if I can be successful, I won't have to worry about the church. I won't have to worry about how many chairs we've got set up. I don't have to worry about whether or not we need to tear down a building and build another one or sell this one and go somewhere else. Yeah, I know. I said the dirty word, sell the building. Just calm down. It ain't going to happen next week. But I'm telling you, I'm committed. If God sends us a thousand people, where are we going to put them? If God sends us however many people, we've got to prepare in the flesh what God wants to do in the spirit. And this man has decided that I'll do whatever God wants me to do. But I'm not going to waste my time doing what God said he'd do. I'm going to invest my time doing in what he has called me to do. And that is to declare the word of the Lord. You've got to put in a direction. Because here's what happens. It's the next thing is once you get a direction, then you have stability. Did you ever start off on a trip and, and honestly you had to say, I don't have a clue where I'm going. I don't have a clue where I'm going. I don't have a clue where I'm at. I don't have any idea whatsoever. I, I, I just don't know. I, I, I need direction. Well, once that direction is established, it's like on that, that map app on your phone. Once you put in the address and you select the destination that you want to use to get there where you need to be, then all you got to do is just start listening to the voice. That will say, continue on this route for three miles. And then after three miles, just pardon my frustration with this microphone today. I'm about to rip it off and go old school on you this morning. I don't know what's happened. Must be the haircut. Who knows? 
But once I put that in there, then I have a sense of stability. I have a sense of calm because I know that as long as I follow the directions, I'm going to get where I need to get to. And if for some reason the directions are not correct, there's a higher voice that can take me where I need to go. Listen to what scripture says. Romans 8, 31 through 39. You don't mind me giving you a lot of scripture, do you? He says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. And more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. So who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword? As it is written for your sake. We are being killed all the day long and we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Listen to verse 37. No. Say no with me. No. 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 In all these things. We are more than conquerors. We just slid by by the skin of our teeth, brother. I don't know how we made it. We just barely got there. If it hadn't have been for God, I don't know how we'd have made it. I'm tired from the journey. I'm bent over from striving. I don't know if I can make it or not. If I can just take what, listen, straighten your shoulders and square your shoulders and straighten your back and say, listen, I'm not just going to barely slide through and slide in. No, my God has said, I am more than a conqueror through him who loved us. He said, for I am sure That neither, what? I'm sure. What does sure mean? I have stability. I have confidence. I ain't scared. I know it might not be easy, but listen, God's on my side. And he's already said, it doesn't matter what might try to separate me from him and his love and his will for my life. He's already told me none of those things will be able to separate me from him. None of those things. I am more than a conqueror. I'm not a skin of the teeth kind of Christian. I'm one who's going to walk through to victory because of Jesus Christ being on my side. I am sure. Some of you just need to get sure. Now, I've stopped preaching and I'm meddling now. They told me to do that in preacher school. When you stop preaching and start meddling, you need to warn the people. I'm meddling now. Some of you, you just need to change the way that you're talking. Because you're talking yourself into being beaten. You're talking yourself into being overcome by the enemy who has no ability or no authority to beat you in the first place. And the only way that he can beat you is if you open the door and allow him to come in and beat you. And the way that he does that is by listening to your words and saying, I've got them right where I need them to be. How many of you athletes, how many of you athletes watched the the little uh, uh, documentary on the Detroit Pistons yesterday? Anybody see that? 
Anybody? One back there. Back in the day when I was just a pup, the Detroit Pistons had two years where they called them the bad boys. And they put a team together that no one expected could, could, could win because they couldn't hardly walk down the street without getting into a fight with somebody. But they put this team together and they started, they started moving toward this championship season. And the way they did it is they would intimidate people. I mean, they would, they would get up in their face on the, come up here and help me preach if you will, Joe. Let's, let's pretend like that you're Michael Jordan, okay? Sounds good. Dennis Rodman, before he was a bull, was a Detroit Piston. How many of you knew that? And Dennis Rodman, he'd just get right up in Michael Jordan's face, just like this. Didn't matter what he was doing. They said that Dennis Rodman would reach down behind him and start trying to pull his shorts down while he's trying. And Michael Jordan trying to pull him up and play basketball and all that kind of stuff. And he'd, he'd call his mama all kinds of names. And he'd call his, his friends all kinds of names. Who is the greatest basketball player who has ever played? Many of you would say Michael Jordan. But did you know that Michael Jordan, as great as he was, could not beat the Detroit Pistons either one of those two years? And you know why? What that You can sit down now. One of those Pistons said, we listened to their words. Pre-game, we would go over and we would listen to their words. Because we knew that when they started speaking a particular way, we would come back and report to the team. Michael's scared of us. Michael's afraid we're going to drop his drawers in front of millions of people. And they would spread the word and spread the word and spread the word because they heard out of Michael Jordan's mouth what he was afraid of and concerned about. And they would attack him at that point. Now you know where I'm going with this. But let me tell you something. The devil's not stupid. He's not dumb and he ain't deaf. And he listens to your words. And the devils of hell listen to your words. And they ascertain what your mentality is based on the words that you speak. And he is smart enough to attack you at the point of your fear and frustration. And I'm telling you that there are days that the devil says, we've got them right where we want them to be. Because I can tell by their words. Listen, for some of you today, the one thing that you need to change and turn in your life is what comes out of your mouth. What goes on to your Facebook page. What goes on to your Twitter account. What goes on to your Instagram account. You need to say, if I post this, if I say this, is it going to inspire the devil to come after me? Instead, start saying things and speaking things and posting things to let the devil know I ain't afraid of you boy because my Bible says uh, that if I can speak the name of Jesus that it causes you to tremble instead of me tremble it causes devils to flee when you start speaking based on the stability of your life see if you're stable if you're set If you're not walking around in the mire, 
If you've got your shoulders squared and your back up straight, then the devil will say, we're not going to get victory here today. So we need to take this somewhere else. I'm going to tell you what I want in my life just about more than anything else is for the devil to know that I am not afraid of him. It's not my strength. It's not my power. It's not what I do. It's not because of me. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit of God is alive and well within me. And my Bible tells me that no matter what the enemy throws at me, nothing, no nothing, no nothing can overcome me because I am more than a conqueror through him. Give him some praise in this house today. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation shall be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I got to preach on. Let's go back to the picture. Starts at purpose, goes to fulfillment, moves to direction. Once we understand what our purpose and direction is, we become stable and calm knowing that God will provide us everything that we need to pull it off. And then we start feeling like that I am significant. I feel significant. Now, now this is where we have to be careful. Because if we're not careful, we can let significance turn to arrogance. Now don't look at anybody right now. Because if you do, they'll think that you're thinking they're arrogant. There's a difference, though, between significance and arrogance. God wants you to feel significant. He wants you to feel part of the team. Hey, you, you just ask some of these football teams about their kickers. I mean, their kickers don't come into the game very often. But when they do... There are many times that the game is on the line. And if that kicker misses that field goal or makes that field goal, they sometimes will win or lose the game. They are a significant part of the team. And it doesn't matter if you're on the stage or in the background or shoveling snow or passing out bulletins or not even doing anything here, but you're praying at home and you're interceding in your closet and you're holding people up or you're feeding the, the hungry or you're, you're putting clothes on the, the homeless backs, whatever it is, let me tell you, God is looking down upon you and saying, there goes a valuable member of my team. They're walking and functioning in the gift that I have called them to walk and function in and I cannot do in the earth what needs to be done without them. They are significant. I told you two weeks ago, you are a masterpiece. You are the workmanship of God's hands. He said, oh, you don't know, pastor. You don't follow me around day to day. I don't have to follow you around day to day. 
I don't base what I know on what I feel and what I see with my natural eyes. I base what I know based on what the Word of God tells me is so. And when God tells me that something is so, then it doesn't matter what the world's opinion about it is. The only thing that matters is what God says about it and thinks about it. And I'm telling you, I'm looking at a house full of masterpieces today because you were created by the hand of God and God don't make no junk. You're significant. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 and 20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Whom you have from God? Because you are not your own. For you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. I got to move on. The next thing after we understand that we're significant is that now we begin to identify with who we are. See, some of you are still living out in your lives what somebody told you you were a long time ago. Something happened in your life that caused you to believe that you were not good or that it was your fault or, you know, my spouse wouldn't have left if I hadn't have done this. Or maybe you're saying my daddy wouldn't have left if I'd have done differently or been differently. Or my mama wouldn't have left if I'd have done differently. Listen, don't you take on the sins of your mama and your daddy or your spouse or your husband or your wife. Who were not committed to God and walking in his will and his destiny for their life. Don't take that upon yourself. But remember that God created you. Yes, it's true. You came through your mama's body. Your DNA matches your daddy. But let me tell you something. Even though you were born in the lineage of David. The scripture says that when you came into Christ Jesus. uh, Your lineage changed. Because you are a. New creation, old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. I don't care where you came from, what side of the street you were born on, what side of the railroad tracks you came from. I'm telling you, there is royal blood flowing through your veins today because you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 20. From now on, say from now on. Oh my goodness. Let me just preach there for a minute too. Well, if I could just do this, then maybe. If I thought I could, then maybe. Listen, why don't you just start saying every day, put your feet on the ground and say from now on. And no matter what I did, said, looked like, felt like yesterday, from now on. It doesn't matter how I might have fallen yesterday. From now on. It doesn't matter if I made mistakes yesterday. From now on. It doesn't matter if I spent the majority of my life in sin. From now on. For some of you today, what you've got to get settled in your spirit is it doesn't matter who I was and where I came from and what my mama and daddy tried to put on me and what my neighborhood tried to put on me and what the hood tried to put on me. From now on. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. From now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. 
Even though we once regarded even Christ according to the flesh. We don't regard him that way any longer. What are they saying? He's not here in body anymore. So we have to relate to him in the spirit. We remember what he looked like. We remembered what it was to touch him. But he's not here anymore. And so we don't know him in that way anymore. But we know him in a greater way. Because we can know him in the fullness of the spirit. We regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself was, was, and, and give, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, And entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. And then notice, therefore. In other words, that word therefore means because of all of that. Because of all of that, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. Hey, listen, I know who I am. Now, again, I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm not trying to just blow my own bubble up. I'm not trying to make you think, oh, listen to the pastor. He's just blowing again. There he got just blowing in the wind. No, I'm just trying to tell you I learned a long time ago who I am in Christ Jesus. And I'm not perfect, and sometimes I fall back from that. But I'm so glad the writer of Proverbs said it's okay. A righteous man falls seven times, but he's going to get right back up. I've fallen a lot of times. I've stumbled many times, but I'm telling you every time that I get back up off of the ground and off of the floor, I square my shoulders and say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I know who I am. I know where I'm going. But between where I am and who I am and where I'm going I've got a job to do and that is to serve as an ambassador for the king of kings and the lord of lords it's not about me and my will but it's about him and his will who are you when they stand over your coffin whenever it happens what are they going to say about you and they're going to say, well, you know, they were always up and they were always down. You know, they just always kind of seemed to be one of those people that messed up. They try, you know, they, 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 they'd given an effort for a while and then they just fall back down. They had a loud mouth. They were boisterous. They were, they were braggadocious. They had, they had a hard spirit and a hard attitude. Is that the kind of thing that you once said over you? Did you know that that God has given you the ability to, to control every impulse in your life that would keep you from experiencing the fullness of his purpose in your life? Don't you come up here and say, I'm sorry, pastor, that's just the way I am. Okay, I'm going to stop preaching again and I'm going to meddle for a little bit more. Then change. I get so sick of hearing people say, well, that's just who I am. That's just who I am. 
I've heard people brag about how that they're middle aged and they I'm still the same as I've always been. Shame on you. God ought to be bringing about some change in us. I'm thankful that I can say, and I'm not bragging, but I'm thankful to say, I'm not the man I used to be. When I was a young man, I did like young, stupid people do. And I said things and did things that I shouldn't be doing. But now that I'm older and I have matured in the Lord, I don't do those things, say those things, think those things anymore. Why? Because I was pliable enough in the hands of God that I was willing to change. I better move on before I make three people mad instead of two. Come help me. Where's my picture? Purpose, fulfillment, direction, stability, significance, identity. Do you know who you are? And then once you discover those things, you know what happens? The supernatural kicks in. Because God gives you the provision that you need to be who he's called you to be. Have you ever heard anybody say, well, you know, naturally, I'm a pretty good singer. Good for you. Naturally, I'm a pretty good writer. Good for you. That may or may not be the primary thing that God is asking from you. But it will play a part in who you are who created you he did who made you he did you're a workmanship of whose hand his hand if he knew that you needed to sing to fulfill the purpose of God in your life he will give you the voice that you need to sing If God wants to use your thoughts on paper or now over the internet via blogs, he gave you the ability to be creative with words for a reason. It may not be the whole thing that he's called you to do, but if you are naturally built to do those things, then he will use that. Why? Because he sees the end from the beginning he has his purpose and goals and now he comes back and he says you know Rob Baker is going to be created through the DNA of William Robert Baker Sr. and Beulah Melinda Johnson ultimately coming a baker and I'm going to take their DNA and I'm going to craft a young man by the name of Rob Baker and I'm going to give him a purpose and talent and ability to do what I'm going to ask him to do so today it's not about arrogance it's not about saying well boy I'm cool stuff ain't I we can get to that place but we have to come back to the place where we realize without him I am nothing When I answer the call, you know what he'll do? He'll provide everything I need to fulfill his calling. Acts chapter 17, verses 8 through 12. And he called the 12. And he began to send them out two by two and gave them 
authority over unclean spirits. And he charged them to take nothing for your journey except a staff. Don't take any bread. Don't take a bag. Don't take any money in your belts. But do wear sandals. And don't put on two tunics. One's enough. Well, you talk about a bare bones budget. Through the years, I've argued with God over this issue more than anything just about that I've ever argued with him about. God, you own the cattle of a thousand hills and the hills underneath them. Why must be always saying, God, send in resources, send in resources, send in resources. And I know the answer. I don't really even have to ask. Because the answer is that I want you to trust me. Have I ever let you down? When Jonathan wanted Oscar Mayer weenies as a baby, didn't I get you some Oscar Mayer weenies? Didn't I have them put them right in the top of the bag so there'd be no doubt that they came from the hand of God? I've spent my whole life being totally dependent upon God. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you and they will not listen to you, when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and they anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. You say this whole idea of being released to what God has called you to do requires trust. Requires that if I do this part, I discover my purpose, I'm fulfilled in it. I understand the direction and the path. I'll stand firm and stable in that. I'll realize that I'm a significant member of the kingdom of God and God's team. I will know who I am and what my role is in the work of God. When I discover all of that, then God, the rest of it is in your hands. You will provide everything that I need. Just take a moment and just relax in the spirit of the Lord. Just begin to pray under your breath. Just begin to whisper prayers to the Lord.